Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Big Ten Hoops Weekly. I'm Brett, and I am here with my favorite podcast co-host, Steve. Steve, how are you doing today? Uh, I am fantastic. How are you doing, Brett? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's been it's been an exciting day of of hoops. It's been an exciting week of hoops, and uh, I think you know there's there's a lot to talk about. Uh, and there's clearly this is clearly uh, the most important sporting uh, sporting event that will happen this weekend. Um, so you know, I think. Uh, no, no better time than Sunday, February 13th, to talk about a lot of Big Ten basketball. Um, and with that, I think I've uh, been to the, the week that was. Um, so we can't talk about this week without talking, and honestly, starting with the uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who um, we've kind of been talking about for the last few weeks as uh, – honestly, I mean, I, I don't think it's a big – I don't think it's a big um, – jump to say that they have the weirdest, probably the weirdest resume in the entire country. Um, we've harped a lot on their early season losses, but they're playing as good of basketball as anybody else in the big 10 right now. Um, and you know, two absolutely huge wins for them, um, this week, starting Wednesday, uh, winning, beating Ohio state at home and then going on the road to Madison and winning, um, there. So, I mean, we can say we can save that we can table the tournament talk for a little bit. But I mean, what are you seeing that's different now out of Rutgers um, compared to earlier in the season? Like, why are they winning these games now? Yeah. So before I answer that question, um, for those who are fans of the Waste Management Open, um, did not want to disrespect you with with uh, the comment about the importance of the sporting events today. But, but and, and, and only the Waste Management Open. Those are the people we don't want to disrespect. All kidding aside, <laughs> I I don't know that I, I'm actually seeing anything materially different um, from this Rutgers team that we've seen throughout Big Ten play, aside from the fact that Steve Peichel's really just condensed his rotation and they're finding a way to shoot four to five points better from the field than maybe they were earlier in the year. That was kind of causing some of their offensive problems i mean you you know what you're getting with rutgers you know they're going to play tough defense you know they're going to crash the offensive glass um and and they're going to literally like they are the most prototypical you know definition of a a big 10 grinded out team that exists it's 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 toughness points it's not always going to be pretty but I, i i do really think that the key at least to this week's stretch was just the number of minutes that their starters have played. Like their their bench guys are are really you know not contributing um, at all. And it, you know it it's worked in the short term. Will it work? You know going forward over the long haul. Like if one of these guys gets injured, like they're going to run into trouble. But they're finally starting to shoot a little bit better to the field, and it, it's just been enough for them to win. I mean they shot. 51% from the field against Wisconsin, 58% from three. Um, you know, but like they're rebounding effectively. You know, they don't give up many offensive rebounds, um, and they're doing just enough to to slow down some of these other teams. I personally was not surprised by the Ohio State outcome, um, and the Wisconsin outcome was more surprising in my view. Yeah, so I, I think I'll, I'll address a couple of those points because uh, I mostly agree with you, but I think the big thing has been – one of the keys to the success of Rutgers has been Paul Mulcahy. Um, he's just played at a really high level, kind of going back uh, the past five, six games. Um, and he's be- become so much more 
effective as a passer and is really setting the table for guys in a way that he's handling. It looks like he's handling the ball a lot more compared to Geo Baker, which lets Geo Baker kind of uh, cut off ball and, and, you know, get cut into the basket, get open for threes. Mulcahy has been doing a really good job of putting his guys and the other guys on his team in position to succeed. And he's also been scoring at a much higher clip. Uh, and shooting more efficiently. So I think I think that's going to be big. Your your point about riding the starters is going to be very interesting um kind of as as we get to the close of the season. But yeah, I think, you know, no they're they're playing they're playing really well and to the point yesterday about Wisconsin, I think the game there, I mean they they just they looked like they wanted that game more. They're playing hard for the entire 40 minutes. They weathered every single run uh that Wisconsin was able to put together in the second half, but they were just hitting contested shot like you know and that won't happen every game but they were they were making mid-range jumpers so I think that game was more Wisconsin on Wisconsin's inability to score and Rutgers effectiveness defensively because it looked like Wisconsin was getting the defensive possessions they wanted it was just one of those games where Rutgers was hitting contested mid-range jumpers contested threes uh and then was locking down very well on defense and and kind of not not letting Wisconsin claw their way back in um so I think you know, if, if Rutgers schedule kind of lines up pretty nicely, they have a couple more opportunities for, for some big wins. Um, and if they can string a few more of those wins together, um, we have to start talking about them as, as, as a tournament team. So, you know, we, we were talking about Wisconsin a little bit. Um, this game obviously came on the heels of a, a huge road win uh, in East Lansing where uh, Wisconsin was able to pull away. Down the stretch, uh, Johnny Davis had his most effective game in weeks, shooting, I believe, eight for 11 from the field. Um, but this this Rutgers game was basically a game that they had been begging to lose for, I don't know, three or four weeks now, uh, given their their kind of their calls, their close calls against Minnesota, um, Nebraska, some somewhat, um, you know, Northwestern. So it's 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 hard because like. Something like this was expected for a while. It's it's obviously you know you never if you're a Badgers fan you don't want to see them lose with the opportunity to kind of stay in first place, but they they really got to figure out something on offense. I mean Brad Davison's been slumping for for the last four or five games and he's pretty much the only reliable distant long distance shooter they have. Uh, Johnny Davis hasn't been as effective, um, and obviously you know it's not this guy's not falling. They're still they're still 19 and five, which any Badgers fan coming into the season would absolutely take. Um, and they are capable, like, like we saw on Tuesday of putting together a good, good offensive game when, you know, guys can hit shots and and things look a little bit smoother, but this one just, you know, I think they have to limit some of the dumb turnovers and they have to be able to hit open shots and, and things will open up a little bit more. I think it's important that we kind of remind everyone about the preview that we did at the beginning of this season. Um, with respect to Wisconsin, I mean, I think you compare just a roster top to bottom to the other four teams in the conference that are ranked and contending for a conference title. Um, Wisconsin has by far the least talent on there. And now that's not an excuse. Uh, they their, their roster did turn over a lot from last year, which I think their team last year was well chronicled how much experience they had. But what worries me about this team that they really kind of live and die with how effective Johnny Davis is, you know, and then kind of wall shortly there. It's not unlike most teams in the country, you know, a lot of the best teams in the country you know, ride their best player. 
but look no further than this week. I mean, uh, Johnny Davis scored about 11 in the game against Michigan State, which was enough for them to kind of eke out an eight-point win. Um, when you look at his stats against Rutgers, you know, 11 points on 10 shots, you know, and, and so he really has to be effective for them to be good. And I think we chronicled uh, the fact that he really, he, he was playing really well at the beginning of conference season and kind of sparked their run, uh, but he's kind of come back to earth a little bit. And for them to really punch with the top of the conference, they need Crowell and Davidson and Hepburn to really be firing on all cylinders, which they were as part of this early run. But now we're seeing them kind of fall back to earth. So I think it's fair to ask whether, you know, um, it, it, is Wisconsin in the position where they are just because they kind of surprised people and got, you know, maybe contributions from spots they weren't in as part of this early run or are, are they really a legitimate conference title contender yeah and i mean i think i think that's a fair question um and it, it hits on a lot of the the concerns people had about this team heading into the season um and obviously some of that has been has been you know we've seen uh we've seen notable improvements from from wall and hepburn and crowl and and wall's been playing at a very high level for for most of this season i think has kind of an underrated uh underrated contributor um given kind of next to next to Davis and then Davison's shooting prowess but you know the, this team gets almost nothing from its bench um and so that means the starters have to really you need three of the starters shooting well on a given night essentially to and, and whether that's whether that's from three or, or from two um but you know I, th- I think Crowell's been a lot more consistent too and we're seeing a lot of flashes out of Hepburn there, there are still some freshman mistakes there but um it's it's interesting that all these you know we're having this conversation now, but we could have had this at any point, kind of during during Wisconsin's run uh, when they were kind of you know they've played 12 close games this year, uh, I think defined as as six points or less, and and are are 11 and one in those games. Um, so I don't know. I, I it makes a lot of sense why they aren't they won't win the Big Ten title this year, even just despite sitting only really a game back with a, with a pretty manageable schedule the rest of the way, all things considered. Um, but you know, I think Davis need, if Davis is going to be a little bit more aggressive and kind of hunt his shot a little bit more while still looking to get involved as a facilitator, I think this is especially the first few minutes of every game. Um, then he can, he can kind of shoulder the load more and, and get more into the game. So they don't have these, these droughts of, uh, four or five minutes where he's not really touching the ball. So I think that needs to happen and there needs to be something off the bench in order for, for Wisconsin to really, to really make a, a late run at a title. And and don't discount the the schedule coming down the stretch. Cause I think they, they honestly might've the most favorable schedule and they get another shot at Purdue. Um, so I, I know we're, we're talking here kind of pessimistically about this team, but as you said, they're only a game out with a pretty favorable schedule. They'll, they'll have a say in, in the regular season title race. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of, speaking of, uh, Purdue, um, interesting week for, for the Boilermakers. Um, you've got them, uh, really kind of pulling away from, from Illinois, uh, early in the week. And then they go on the road to play Michigan for the second time in, in five days, I believe, uh, and, and lose by, by a lot there. They, they just, just kind of the epitome of a team that didn't really show up that game. Uh, and then they come back 
and lose or they they come back and win uh, at home against Maryland, but only by one. And in in a game that they were never in control of, and Maryland had the final shot at, um, and and so this this kind of gets into a, a question we received from from a, a listener listener Matt, and so we thank you for for your uh, question. Um, just you know, I think I think there was there was a way you could see Michigan the Michigan loss as like a not a trap game, but one that was going to be really hard to win in that atmosphere in um, coming off the big loss against. Illinois and um, playing Michigan for the second time in five days. So that's, I, I you know, I, and that, that's, that's a really good one for Michigan. And we'll, we'll get to, to that. As, I think we'll get to, to that aspect in a bit, but I mean, the, the, the inconsistencies I think that we've seen with Purdue kind of s- struggling to finish games is I think something we, we should be discussing because it's, that's not how you, that's not how you win or go. That's not how you go far in the tournament. Yeah, I, I think, and it, it is interesting, right? Because for the first 30 to 35 minutes of a game, Purdue looks the part of a Final Four team, not not today against Maryland and, and not on Thursday against Michigan, but over the course of the season, they've generally looked like, at least from an offensive execution standpoint, you know, they, they look pretty flawless. Um, and defensively, Edie, you know, just having Edie back there is a game changer as far as like how you have to game plan to attack them because it's really hard to do anything against Purdue when he's in there aside from kind of outshoot them. I, I don't know. I think the problem, what teams have realized is that you can press Purdue. Um, you can press Purdue and it, they struggle a little bit with that. And I think teams are doing that later on in games that I'd be interested. I don't have the stat on top of me, but their second half free throw shooting percentage is probably substantially lower than their first half free throw shooting percentage. Um, just, you know, and, and that's a, a problem that you think will come back to bite them at some point in the tournament. Um, but th- the reason they're still winning for the most part is because they have a game breaking isolation player in Jaden Ivy. And even in like the Ohio state game, for example, he, you know, solved the fact that Ohio state had this big comeback on them just by making shots down the stretch. It was really the same thing in their earlier game this year at Illinois when they needed a bucket from him. So, um, you know, one thing that I think is good is that, you know, Hunter has really improved over the course of conference play here. And I think his confidence gives them another shooter and hopefully gives them an effective ball handler too, that they can really be confident playing out there. But the, the other thing that I think I've noticed is Stefanovic has not been really since that game at Illinois. I I don't, I feel like he hasn't been as good in the second half of games and, you know, um, he needs to make shots in crunch time. He needs to be a a threat and a weapon out there to really punish teams in the tournament when, you know, the competition gets tighter. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a really good point. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of odd because Purdue has guys that you'd normally think of as being pretty decent ball handlers and um, the, the inability to really handle a press consistently is, is something that really could hurt them, especially kind of you, when, you know, and obviously this is, this is a little bit down the line, but when you're, when you're looking at, at teams that really like, really like pressing as part of their normal game plan um, and some of these more athletic teams that, that you'll see um, in the tournament. So yeah, I, th- I think there, there definitely is a lot to work on and the free throws are going to be are a big issue. And I, I think part of the free throw issue is that they play Trayvon Williams so much in the second half and, he's a terrible free throw shooter. 
Um, but also, yeah, I mean, the, the shooting really hasn't hasn't been there. Um, and, you know, like you said, Stefanovic, uh, his 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 last three games has only made three threes. Uh, so he's one for five uh, against Michigan and then uh, one for six against Illinois. Um, and, you know, didn't didn't shoot particularly well today either, I believe. So, yeah, I, I think it's 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 all but you know, you, you look at the, okay, he, he made, he did make, he, he looked, he did make five today. So I think, you know, maybe that's a good sign, but I think, you know, they were still able to eke out a win. They didn't shoot particularly well today. Um, they turned the ball over 16 times. They were at home too, but you know, they still, they still got the win against a Maryland team that, you know, we, we've talked about is giving a lot of teams issues. I mean, they did just get blown up by Iowa, but you know, there are no really easy wins against anybody except for maybe Nebraska in this in this conference. And Purdue being able to win games that they're not playing well is a good sign. It's not a great sign, but it's better than just folding it at the kind of onset of any sort of problematic game plan or or bad shooting night or things like that. So I think, you know, Purdue's still got to work a lot on a lot defensively, but I, I still don't think there's a there's a panic button that needs to be pressed yet. Uh, and we also had a, a, a question from listener Vinny, uh, who is a Maryland fan, that uh, said that college basketball is stupid, and I don't care anyways. So you know, good to know where Maryland fans are at right now uh, in the in the uh, searching for a new coach deal. And then so another team we talked about a lot recently, uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, are are you know not not quite as hot as as Rutgers is, but they are playing some good basketball recently. Um, two big wins early on in the week. Uh, they got a they eked out a close one over Penn State, and then uh, just absolutely took Purdue to the woodshed uh, on uh, I believe Thursday on Thursday, and then before dropping uh, a home game against Ohio State, which. Would have been another another kind of notch in the belt in terms of getting closer to the tournament. I think, you know, the, I think that, that Purdue win obviously will stick out a lot more than the Ohio State loss. But Michigan sitting at 13 and 10 right now, seven and six in conference play. It's definitely, I mean, if if you had to make me pick today, I think they would be in the tournament. But they can't afford any more slip ups. I think is is kind of how I'm looking at it right now. Well, I think that. So I actually, I'm not sure I agree that they'd be in today if the tournament started, but I think the thing that's interesting about their schedule is there's no real bad losses left on that schedule. Like they have a, a tough, a tough schedule these last seven games, which makes you think that just by sheer math, um, if they win even four, probably five, what they what they need to win uh they will have enough wins because like to do that you'll have to beat illinois you'll have to beat rutgers you'll have to beat iowa so i i think schedule wise they just kind of need to survive this more than they need to kind of go on a run to get in the tournament here and the the rest will sort itself out but i think the the biggest question at least on the court is, and, and I don't really put too much stock in this Ohio State loss. Third game in five days. Um, they had bad legs and sh- shot, you know, 20-something percent from three. Like, they just didn't have enough left in the tank off this tough stretch. What fueled this little run they've been going on is they've been getting contributions other from, from people other than Hunter Dickinson. You know, Caleb Houston and Eli Brooks have really started to contribute at the level that most people were expecting this year. 
and and they're going to need that if they're going to get four to five more wins left in the regular season. It's really as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I think when when we've been talking about Michigan so far this year, it's really, I mean, Hunter Dickens has been playing at an all conference level essentially all season. Um, but you know, Devonte Jones hasn't been the point guard everyone wanted him to be. Uh, Eli Brooks has been pretty consistent, but the freshmen have been wildly inconsistent at best, and you know, worse than that at worst. So I think, yeah, I, I mean. It, it's good. It's good to see Michigan have have life again, just given the sheer amount of talent on the team. Um, and I, I I do agree with you with the, on the Ohio State, like the the Ohio State loss. And I don't even. It was the fourth game in eight days, I think, uh, all the way back to last Saturday. So I, I you know, that was not to you know, that that outcome is not extremely surprising to me. And I don't I don't really think it was to anybody else, um, given all the the reschedulings and things. But yeah, I mean. This schedule also doesn't set itself up that badly. Um, I mean, going to Iowa isn't great, um, but I, I'm just not on. I'm not super high on Iowa, so I think you know the the, the big one's going to be next Sunday against against Wisconsin, which we will get to in a sec. Um, and then, um, so yeah, we've got Northwestern that's that's being feisty. Um, I think the big if they had managed to win at Illinois today, we would be talking about their bubble potential more. Um, but I, I, you know, the resume is not looking amazing right now. Um, they are playing way better basketball. I wish Chase Adige hadn't shot them out of that game. Um, this just bad, bad shot selection down the stretch is kind of what's been doing Northwestern recently. Um, and kind of also in that vein, uh, Indiana is not having a good week. Um, they suspended five guys for their game against Northwestern and, um, you know, just where I'm not able to, to make anything good happen out of that. And then they, they have suffered another loss uh, this weekend to Michigan state that in a game that was not particularly close. Um, so, you know, we're I'm interested to see if they can bounce back. Yeah. So I think just on Northwestern, uh, I agree that their tournament hopes are on thin ice, but I think if they go five and one, in these last six, they, they're going to have a puncher's shot. The, the, the problem is they actually, like, there's not that many opportunities left on the schedule. They, they play Purdue this week, which we'll talk about in a second, but they, they have two games against Minnesota left, one against Nebraska. They're at Penn State, at Iowa. I mean, you you could go five and one in that stretch. You know, and at that point, you've, you've got a puncher's shot at the tournament, um, which we kind of addressed last time. I, I think the Indiana thing, I think people aren't making a big enough deal about the the impact of like the so first of all, it was huge for Northwestern to get that win earlier this week as, as far as just keeping their hopes alive and a huge missed opportunity for Indiana to kind of, they kind of look like they're on the lower end of the teams that are kind of in the tournament right now. And that's not good for like big 10 tournament seating position or just keeping their general momentum. Let's see how much the kind of chemistry issues boil up because I do worry that, you know, one or two more slip ups with them and then they're, they're going to fall out of the tournament picture. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely definitely kind of a big a big stretch for them right now. Um, and then before we get into uh, the week ahead, I would just like to shout out the Nebraska Cornhuskers for winning a conference game. So congratulations, Fred Hoiberg. And with that, uh, we'll move into a preview of the week ahead. Um, a lot of good games as as per usual. And uh, Steve, we can kick it off with you for Tuesday. Um, Michigan State, Penn State. Minnesota, Ohio State, and then Wisconsin going on the road to Bloomington. So Penn State's on a three-game losing streak right now, which, 
is kind of surprising given how consistent they'd been at the beginning of the conference season. But I think we're kind of starting to see the the talent and depth issues really take a toll on them. But it, it's just the Bryce Jordan Center. I mean, it's where <laughs> offense goes to die. Um, and I, this is not going to be an easy one for Michigan State. So, you know, they, they better come ready to fight. Ohio State, Minnesota, I don't see this one being hugely competitive either. I think as far as what I just said about Penn State and their depth issues, they're ditto for Minnesota. Um, although they did stop their skid um, earlier this weekend, so kudos to them for that. Wisconsin, Indiana, by far the best game of the day. Um, you know, this is the rematch of the huge comeback that Wisconsin had I believe back in December when these two teams met up. Indiana really needs to get this one, stop the bleeding. Wisconsin probably feels like they have some bleeding that they want to stop too. This should be a good, good game. Um, you know, great battle in the post um, as far as uh, Jackson Davis and, you know, whoever Wisconsin chooses to match up with them. Um, and Wisconsin's been effective on the road this year. I, I mean, I, I, I look for them to, to go in and win. And, you know, we're really going to be talking about Indiana if, if this one's a loss as far as a, a collapse, which no one in Bloomington wants to hear about. Um, as far as Wednesday, Illinois at Rutgers and Purdue at Northwestern Conference, uh, the conference elite in action. Yeah, um, and I, I, I'm obviously circling Illinois Rutgers here as, as the game to watch of the day. Uh, if you don't have anything else going on on Wednesday, uh, I would check this one out. Obviously, Rutgers known for for playing good teams close and winning a lot at home. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, the the Jersey Mike's Arena will be packed. It'll be rocking. It's going to be loud. Um, I'm not sure how o- Cliff Omari is going to match up with Kofi. So that's going to be the the matchup to watch. Um, but I am looking for Rutgers to be very effective defensively uh, on closing out on Illinois shooters. So I think, you know, they're, I think Rutgers is going to keep it close. I think Illinois has the talent to to pull away at the end, especially if Kofi's playing well. But it's definitely it definitely could could be a toss up. Um, Purdue Northwestern again, Northwestern's made made life pretty difficult for a lot of these teams recently. Um, you know, obviously just having their their three game win streak snapped. Um, but I think, you know, you'll see a sizable Purdue contingent at that game. Um, and I think Purdue will be able to exploit North, Northwestern's defense enough to win that game. Uh, Thursday, we've got Michigan, Iowa and Minnesota, Penn State. So Minnesota, Penn State first. I believe this is a COVID rescheduled game. If I'm not mistaken, it'll be both teams second game in two days. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, and, and for Minnesota, it's two road games. This I do not expect it to be a pretty game for the reasons that we've kind of discussed. Um, but I have no idea who's going to win, just given you know Minnesota can kind of play up and down a little bit more. They might be able to steal some points off the the, the place where offense goes to die. Uh, Michigan Iowa I think is a this this should be a really good game. Iowa's surging. They've won three in a row um, and have kind of now gotten to reap the benefit of the their tough early season schedule, you know, the schedule's lightening up a bit and they're kind of coming back from that and and they're playing really well too. Michigan needs this game more than Iowa does though, for their tourney prospects. And they'll finally have some rest under them just given the the five day break between their last game. So I'd expect a, these teams typically play exciting games when they um, match up here. And I think, you know, we'll see the matchup of Eli Brooks on Keegan Murray, I think will be a good one. Eli Brooks is kind of an under, underrated defender. Um, and then will Michigan be able to exploit Iowa's lack of post 
defense with Hunter Dickinson should be a good one in Iowa City. Um, Friday, Maryland and Nebraska. Man, anytime you can uh, put the put the two worst teams in the conference on on TV on Friday, you you really really have to. Um, I you know Maryland's lost five in a row. Uh, they're gonna hopefully I'm guessing look be looking to uh, to really kind of get 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 back in the win column after a, a tough loss at Purdue and getting blown up by Iowa. Um, I, Nebraska could win this game, um, but I think that Maryland has the talent to at least control Bryce McGowan's a little bit, assuming they're healthy. Uh, they were down Ayala today. So uh, I think if fully healthy Maryland wins that game. Otherwise, it's it's pretty much a coin flip, in my opinion. Um, Saturday, we've got Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State, and Northwestern, Minnesota. Illinois, Michigan State, contender for game of the week here. So Illinois sits atop the conference right now, which I, I don't think we emphasized enough in our recap of this week. Um, despite losing, you know, what was one of the bigger games that they're going to have all season, you know, and, and laying a, a dud at Purdue. Um, getting this win against Michigan State, in my opinion, would probably eliminate the Spartans from um a legitimate shot at the conference title. Um, so we'll see if Illinois can kind of go in there with a the killer instinct that we expect of conference champions. Michigan state, we've chronicled their issues all year. Like, you know, lack of a lack of uh, an alpha, um, you know, sometimes they don't shoot well. They didn't shoot well in that game from three against Wisconsin earlier this week. And, and they kind of got came in there and blitzed them. I expect the environment to be really, really good there as always. And, you know, with Michigan, the, the conference title, you know, on the, you know, on the brink of kind of losing their shot at that, I expect them to come out punching hard. We'll see if Illinois though can punch, punch back and, and shoot better on the road than they did um, in their performance against Purdue, uh, Iowa at Ohio state. So this uh, in an odd scheduling quirk, um, I, I think as planned, I, I don't believe this is like a COVID related thing. Iowa is playing their second game in three days here and, and they go on the road. I have trouble seeing them winning just based on that. Um, we know Ohio State can kind of play down to their competition, but they had a pretty tough schedule to start the year and they have two winnable games this week in, in hopes of kind of getting them back in the conference race. Um, if Iowa ends up losing both their games this week, you know, we may again be kind of talking about them as a team in trouble. So, um, kind of you all the more importance on them getting that game Thursday with Michigan coming into town, and then Northwestern and Minnesota. You know, there really isn't much more to say here for Northwestern other than it's a must-win. Um, and it's not easy to kind of go into Minneapolis and get a win there. So, you know, they need to be crisp and and make sure they come out of there with a win or else they're going to have no shot at the tournament. Um, on Sunday, we finish off with Michigan at Wisconsin and Rutgers at Purdue. Yeah. So two games that should be really interesting. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin. I think what I'm looking for is how Wisconsin, what Wisconsin throws at Hunter Dickinson to, uh, to try and uh, stop him from taking over the game. And if, you know, Johnny Davis is going to be able to uh, kind of take control on offense for the Badgers, see if they can, at least open up the play, open up the floor a little bit for, um, you know, Brad Davidson to get some clean looks uh, shooting. 
Um, so I, th- I think that one's going to be a, a kind of low scoring defensive oriented game. Um, and it should be a close one as well. And then Rutgers, Purdue, you've got the rematch, uh, Rutgers, uh, obviously beat Purdue on that on Ron Harper Jr.'s shot. They have to go to Mackey now. Uh, this is going to be very, very interesting, you know, kind of unstoppable force, immovable object sort of game where, you know, I think Mulcahy actually should be able to have some success against Purdue's bad perimeter defense. Probably not enough to win, but I think Rutgers makes it very interesting uh, before Purdue kind of closes it out. And there you have it. That's all we got for uh, the week ahead. So thank you for listening and we will see you next week.